0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to A-B Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. (laughs) Hey, Ben. Podcast time once again. I see you even dressed up for the occasion. I like my it's, it's fall weather. I like my coats. What can I say? Yeah, it looks nice. I want to be spiffy. Thank you. Spiffy. That's mission a fun word, <laughs> spiffy. <laughs> I was gonna say mission accomplished. And I don't know when <laughs> the last time I heard the word spiffy. Well, like to keep you on your toes. Do, do would our kids even know what that means? <laughs> uh, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> don't know if I've ever used that. Yeah, and I I don't even know where, how to segue spiffy into talking about <laughs> asset protection strategies. So let's Good just luck. let's just make a hard pivot. Uh, okay. Today's pod today's podcast, um, and hopefully it's to you know give people some other perspective. And uh, as planners, I think all the time we really want to focus on goals. It's fun to talk about savings. It's fun to talk about investments. Mm -hmm. We have certainly found, and we've talked in this podcast before, the psychological part of money um, for a lot of our clients is not just to focus on that, it's to focus on needing to find, I'll use the word stability, uh, maybe needing to find security in life. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not just getting to a point where you start to feel a little bit better about what you have and what it's going to be able to do for you, but it's always that fear that life's going to throw us a curveball, it's relationships, it's health, it's accidents, it's litigation. How do we make sure people have safety nets in place that even when those curveballs happen, they're still able to feel secure in what they have? So, yeah,
1: long winded yeah, intro.
0: Take it away. <laughs> yeah, I think clearly, uh, clear to us, I guess I should share this with everybody listening. I think the majority of the people that we work with do lean more conservative in nature when it comes to right their investments their savings that side of things where the 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 inclination is at some point right you get to this this stage where you've been accumulating assets all your life and now you you have this pool of money you get to retirement whatever that end stage may be and now yeah what am i going to do to protect it right not yeah. necessarily how am i going to continue to grow it exponentially but now I have what I have. I want to protect it against market losses, taxes. Um, I don't know. We talked about you know creditors, litigation, things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll kind of go through some of those um, today. So, yeah, I'll so, start. Well, let let me let me real quickly kind of piggyback off of what you said. So, I, I think when we talk about asset protection strategies, um, really this can be at all phases of life, right? At some mm-hmm. point. These are just check boxes that are a regular part of our process, whether you tend to be more conservative in nature or not, um, because the one the one thing that we'll continue to preach is there's certainly a, a certainty of uncertainty in the future, right? And it is to make sure that some sort of emotional loss doesn't become a financial one. So yeah, yeah. let's go through the list of what do we mean by protecting assets and what are the ways in which we do it, um, pretty much the how-to, um, and maybe... You know, per usual, give some scenarios where we think it's really important to make it a focus and not just a checkbox. Yeah, so we'll start with, I think, the one that's probably the most obvious to people listening to this, and that's on the investment side, right? How do you, how do you protect against investment losses? Um, and there are certainly ways to do that, um, more often than not, when it comes to a, a specific investment, being able to protect against losses. It has some sort of an insurance wrapper to it, uh, an annuity, as an example, right? You could essentially purchase a, a fixed annuity. It's like a CD at the bank. Usually, when it comes to the fixed annuities, you know you're not going to lose money. You're getting a fixed rate of return. So that's yeah. one way to kind of protect against losses. Um, yeah, and I would I would say that's not the way that we would lead uh, a conversation. Right. Uh, we find it more far more important to think about protecting against emotional losses, which is short periods of time where things maybe maybe aren't going well. So very quickly, our three bucket theory is, is put in place to make sure that people have enough cash that the fear of short-term losses or the experience of short-term losses is not to the detriment of their retirement paycheck or their ability to cover their needs, wants and wishes over a long period of time. So I yeah. find that one to be more psychological than let's put a, a firm choice mechanism yeah. in place. Yeah, so I'm glad you said that, because yes, maybe I should have I led with that kind of being the, the caveat or, or at least the, the intro to that section is that, yeah, there are insurance products, uh, fixed annuities, index variable annuities that can, can essentially protect against losses. However, those come with a cost, right? The, the insurance company is not doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Um, when it comes yeah. to investing these dollars. So they're absolute, and so to your point, we view that through the lens of that free bucket theory to give yourself permission um, to let whatever that is for you, that third bucket for us, the growth bucket, go through those volatile times and not feel like you're having to sell at a loss. So you're not necessarily protecting against losses. You're just putting that in its isolated box, let it do its thing. As long as you have all your other foundational items set, that's yeah. an okay, okay uh, thing. And it's fine to lead with that one because I think that's the one that people would most think about when we talk about asset protection. But when we think about long-term impacts, right? And investments have a lot of predictability to us over longer periods of time. Right. To focus too much on that and not think about <laughs> the, the loss of your ability to earn an income or your loss of future income because somebody passed away your, your loss of assets because long-term care needs to be covered. Yeah. Right. That's a whole nother way that we would talk about potential losses of resources that sometimes get overlooked. Yeah. So I'll throw the insurance word out there again, now different from the investment side of things, but yes, when it comes to, right. You, God forbid loss of a life, right. Replacing that future income. You can't do your job. I think we just talked about this in our most recent podcast with. Uh, the open enrollment and employer-provided yeah. benefits, right? It's the disability insurance. Um, I think that's that's not to harp on the disability side of things, but I think what often gets lost in in the kind of the grand scheme of things, especially with younger people that are still earning, right? Their, their biggest asset, more often than not, is their ability to earn income well into the future. Um, so yeah, just being able to have the right types and the right amounts of insurance in place that again, God forbid something were to go wrong or, or not go according to plan um, that yeah, you're not just protecting against a current loss but potentially that, that future loss or the loss of income moving forward. Yeah, and I see, I see two, two ways that I wanna make a comment to this. The, the first is to go back to your original comment on, we certainly have people that I think are a little bit more conservative in the way that they go about things. Um, and maybe that's because of a life experience. People that typically sure. want to pass the risk of something bad happening onto an insurance provider, is mm-hmm. probably because they've maybe seen it somewhere else uh, where it really went the wrong way for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other side of this is, to to a certain extent, mm-hmm. I think it is our responsibility to educate people on those what-ifs. If this occurs to you, all these goals that you have said are a priority are going to mm-hmm. not be attainable in the same way. So. At some point, it's using people's resources in an effective way to make sure that those safety nets are in place and insurance has to be a part of that conversation. Yes, yep. Um, Another buzzword when it comes to conservative nature, I've accumulated these assets, I wanna keep what's mine. Um, I think asset protection in some way is talking about taxes and that's twofold to me, right? Income taxes, nobody wants to pay more than their fair share, Um, we also, want to protect assets from estate taxes where there are avenues to do that for people. So yeah, I don't know. Yes. Think of some examples there. Yeah. So I'll start with the the income tax side of things. Um, and maybe it's not so much protecting against the tax side of things, because there's only so much you can do from from that standpoint. I think it's, for us, it, it comes down to when you would like to pay the taxes sometimes, right? Whether you want to pay the taxes today and invest in a, or open a, a Roth IRA, a Roth 401k, something like that, where you are making the conscious decision of I'm going to pay today's tax rates, knowing that this type of account can grow tax deferred and tax-free well into the future that when I need it, it's kind of a, a known entity at that point. So you are protecting against future taxes Yeah. Uh, in, in that realm, or you're protecting against taxes or tax rates increasing in the future, which I know we've talked about this before too, more more often than not, our conversations are uh, with clients. Do you think tax rates are going higher or lower in the future? And that's pretty much a (laughs) one-sided conversation. Well, and I think that's why this taxes comes up in this conversation right now of protecting assets when there is some uncertainty on where tax law is going to go in the coming months, years, whatever it may be. Um, We can't continue to have huge government spending programs without trying to backfill that with some sort of tax revenue for the treasury. So I think that this is gonna be an even more prominent conversation for clients when in their mind, they're protecting their money from future taxation in ways that they may not have paid taxes before. So um, it is for us to give added education on what are the mechanisms that can do that? Um, Where can you put assets that they won't be taxed again? Um, What is the effective way to gift right? So that you can avoid some taxation, how to handle RMDs. There's a whole slew of things that I think we could talk about here, but um, it is one of the many ways we talk to people about making sure that they're efficient with how they're paying taxes. Because to your point, you can't control what you're going to pay to a degree. You can control when, and that's what you need to do. Control when those tax bills and don't do anything that's really going to put you in a spot where you pay taxes on money that you shouldn't have. Yes. And so that I will reiterate that last point, because we, we say it ad nauseum uh, in meetings, yeah, more often than not, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to pay taxes on money that you're not using or spending when it comes to, right, investment accounts, retirement accounts, things like that. If you're earning an income and you're not spending it, then that's, you know, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Um, right. Yeah, you're going to pay, they're going to pay the taxes on earned income. So uh, the other side of that, I believe, right? We talked about the income tax side of things. The other side is like, you know, the, the estate tax arena, the death tax, inheritance tax, all of those fun little, you know, nips at your heels from the IRS and, and the government. Yeah. Um, and so I think the primary way to protect your assets from estate taxes is to get it out of your estate, right? And part of that involves trusts which are, at least in this sense, they must be irrevocable to be able to get them out of your estate to protect them from, from taxes. Yeah, trusts, uh, gifting. Um, in some ways yeah. it's, it's retitling of assets. I think we, we get the question uh, often enough and, and maybe we should make a note to actually make this a dedicated podcast. You know, yeah. should, I, should I get my home out of my estate? Should I gift that to my children? So that if I do need care later in life, or if there is some sort of health concern, that that doesn't become an asset that's not protected um, mm-hmm. from, you know, the laws that we have on getting onto Medicaid or, or something yeah. of that nature. So, yeah, I definitely think retitling of assets can be added to gifting and trusts. Absolutely. And I, I, I would hope that this kind of all goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway everything that we've kind of talked about there it's all situational right what what may be right for one person when it comes to right retitling uh the home for example in their kid's name may make sense for some may not make sense for for many others so every everything again maybe that's that should be just our main (laughs) our main disclaimer disclosure on the podcast in general you know this this is not Mm -hmm. specific advice for everybody it's not blanket um, yeah. Comments. It it really does come down to individual situations and whether it makes sense or not. However, um, mm-hmm. how how about we move to the next, which would be yeah. I think a piece of universal advice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. I'm I shouldn't have thanked my mouth shut. No, I'm 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 glad you said what you said because it's so very true. But when it comes to protecting assets, you know the the other part or I'll, I'll maybe put this in two parts that would be more universal is protection against litigation and maybe protection against identity theft. You know, how many yeah. different scams are popping up right now? Um, there certainly are companies out there. There are programs out there, whether it's, mm-hmm. um, LifeLock, it's reviewing your credit reports, protecting yeah. your personal yep. information, shredding documents, whatever it is, there are steps that yeah. everyone can take to protect their identity and therefore in a way protect their assets Um, and then litigation. I'll throw it to you. So, you know, you can maybe speak to that. Yeah. uh, I think, I mean, we kind of talked about this trying to think when, but on a recent podcast uh, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit with the, the trust or just retitling of assets. You can, you, there is some protections built in when it comes to joint accounts, right? Married couples, or even those that are not married, where you can have, um, an asset or a an account titled in both names, that there is some protections built in um, from creditors or, or litigation in general. The other side of it being, again, insurance when it comes to your liability coverage, right? There's always yeah. some level built into your homeowner's policy, your renter's policy, um, your auto insurance policy. But typically, the, what we've seen, those those coverage limits within those standard policies are typically fairly low so we're we're big proponents of what we would call an umbrella policy yeah which acts like an umbrella right over top of all of your other insurance policies that has a much higher limit than again somebody you you have a, a party at your house somebody trips over a tree stump in your backyard breaks an ankle and now you know you're making a claim on your your policy that liability coverage is much higher to offset um, any type of an event like that yeah and usually pretty cost effective for you know the yes the typical advice we would give you know let's figure out your net worth like what could someone sue you for you know those multiples are very low to you know cover that with some insurance dollars yeah so yeah I'll, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw some numbers out there again this is not we are, <laughs> we are not liability salespeople but what we've seen it's it's for call it a million dollars of liability coverage it's a few hundred dollars a year essentially which again in the grand scheme of things knowing what people pay for their homeowners coverage auto insurance coverage it really is a, a small increase for a lot of confidence or peace of mind when it comes to God forbid something were to happen and I get sued, you at least have a much a deeper well to go to to protect your assets and not have to spend them down in, in that event. And that's a that's a good way to bring it full circle because that's really what we're looking to do here through all phases of life. Make sure that whatever, whatever event we could imagine happening, again, whether that's protecting things if a relationship goes sour, yours, your children's, we mm-hmm. you know whatever it would be, health, accidents, litigation, it's always to make sure that the nest egg that you've built up, that that doesn't become uh, something that is taken away or um, you know, beaten down because of these events, yeah. um, that the emotional side of your stability and security can stay intact when bad things in life happen. Yep Yes. Purely situational, but I hope, <laughs> you know, hitting, hitting on those really five different ways that we go about it, that that gives us some insight to the other side of you know, financial planning. It's not just building the wealth, at some point it has to be protecting it too. Yes, well said. And so if anybody has questions or wants to talk through their own asset protection strategies, just know that we're, we're here to play that role when needed. And a brown blazer. <laughs> and a purple shirt, there you go. All right, sir, have a great rest of the day.